Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This is The Morgan Report with David Morgan. For the latest in precious metals investing, gold, silver, the economy, and more, go to TheMorganReport.com. David Morgan with you with the weekly perspective for the week ending 20 October 2017. First article up is from CNBC, Basis of the World Economy. Headline reads, China's central bank just warned of a sudden collapse in asset prices. Before I go on, it's interesting to note that China's main central bank lowered their reserve requirements, which actually makes this problem worse because it means that they're easing their credit policy, which means, you know, more funny money in the system. So let me go on. China's central bank has said it should prevent accumulation of risk from excessive optimism. Central bank governor said corporate debt is relatively high and that household debt rises too quickly. Again, look at what they're doing, not what they're saying here. I don't read the whole article to you, but we do go on to state China will fend off risks from excessive optimism that could lead to a Minsky moment. Central bank governor stated Thursday, adding that its corporate debt, debt levels are relatively high and household debt is rising too quickly. Well, if that's true, then why did they change the reserve requirements and make it easier to get credit? That remains to be determined. And moving on to the next item, this is from Reuters. Dow ends above 23,000 for the first time. IBM jumps. Don't have to tell any of you that follow the weekly perspective that I give that the stock market is out of range of anything logical, but that's the way markets work. And of course, a new high. Uh, not unsurprising, really, although I have to back up and state that I have indicated, as others, that the worst months usually for a stock market pullback are September, October. Obviously, we are like two-thirds of the way through October and making new highs. How long will this continue? Nobody really knows. I expect it probably to continue through the end of the year. There may be some uh, pressure on the stock market probably in the first quarter of 2018. That remains to be determined. Moving on to the energy markets this week from oilprice.com. Headline reads, half a million barrels per day at risk from geopolitical firestorm. Nick Cunningham writes, it's been a long time since geopolitical developments caused major movements in the oil price, but the escalating tension between the United States and Iran combined with the sudden military clashes in Iraq have pushed geopolitical risk back on the agenda for the oil market. Geopolitical risks to the oil market have continued to intensify. Goldman Sachs wrote in an October 17th research note. In addition to Iraq and Iran, the decline in Venezuela's oil production appears to be accelerating, while the resurgence in output from Libya and Nigeria continues to be fragile. There remains high uncertainty on the potential impact of these new tensions on the oil market. Something to be mindful about. Continuing in the energy sector, this is from UPI. BHP Billington exiting U.S. shale. The shale market really is very marginal. Most companies, if you really study their balance sheet and income statement, 
not just their cash flow, but the reality of whether they're making money or not. In almost all cases, they are not. Uh, this was Thursday. Australian mining and energy giant BHP Billington said it was on course to leave U.S. shale behind, but kept production expectations for next year unchanged. I re won't read the whole article. Obviously, the bigger players see what the reality of the shale situation is, and they are going to improve their balance sheet by getting rid of that part of their of their business. And continuing on with other financial news, the bond yields are moving up again, which is, of course, giving a boost to financial stocks. A rising stock bond ratio shows that money is rotating from treasuries into stocks. I went through this. Greg Manorino has pointed this out, and I confirmed it. Uh, not that I needed to confirm Greg, but nonetheless, <clears throat> the rotation continues. We spoke about this in one of my recent interviews and should be on this podcast uh, on an earlier date. It's also interesting to note that the index of foreign stocks is rising faster than the United States, which means the emerging markets are doing quite well. Lots of optimism, as I said earlier in this weekly perspective. Nothing seems to be slowing down the stock market whatsoever at all. We've got a new high in the Dow. The emerging markets are outperforming the U.S. markets on the small caps. And everybody seems to be very, very happy regardless of what the uh, physical economy is actually showing us at this time. And finishing up the precious metals, as I do almost every week, this article is from Steve St. Angelo, SRS Rocker Report. Very well written article and something that I've harped on. He does an excellent job in my view. The fragile gold industry, gigantic equipment, massive capital expenditures, and rising costs. I won't read the whole thing, but I will spend some time here. He talks about one of the newest gold mines put in production in the Dominican Republic, 60% owned by Barrick, 40% by Goldcorp, two stalwarts in the mining industry or the gold mining industry. A whopping $3.7 to build it. If you read the article carefully, they're giving you a cash cost of like 564 an ounce, which does not take into account the capital costs, which are $3.7 Life of mine is about 15 and a half uh, years, I believe. So you factor in everything, all what we call all in sustaining costs in the Morgan Report, the reality of what it really costs. You're looking at over $900 an ounce. He's doing this uh, basically on the back, back of the envelope, but I'll take his numbers. I think the point is what I'm trying to make is it's far higher than the cash costs. And many people think cash costs means all in sustaining costs, and it does not. He goes on to talk about the equipment, the amount of water used, the amount of natural resources that are required to keep this thing going, and shows you some pictures of you know some of the equipment that are used. And then he talks about how the oil price affects the mining sector. Of course, the oil price affects everything because almost everything on the planet requires energy in some way, shape, or form. Nonetheless, he talks and compares the capital expenditure of the eight gold mining companies and the cost of goods or basically the cost per ounce. And he shows you that in 2000, it was roughly $200 per ounce. And now we're looking at about a thousand. Right now in a lot of gold situations, we're very close to the all in sustaining costs at the price of gold right now, which is roughly oh, 1280 or so. So there isn't a lot of margin in a lot of these companies when you look at the all in sustaining costs. And so he finishes up by saying, lastly, gold mining industry needs 
needs vast amounts of minerals, parts, energy, as well as a very complex supply chain to produce the precious metal. If one part of the supply chain breaks down, then it becomes extremely difficult or impossible to produce gold. While there are many fragile aspects of modern high-tech gold industry, I believe energy is the most critical. And I will leave it there. And I'll wrap up with this. This is uh, something that is of value to everybody, but particularly the uh, membership of the Morgan Report. Our involvement in the e-waste industry was basically accidental. Our speculative pick was spun off to create value specifically in the e-waste sector, which means electronic waste, smartphones, and other components, primarily from computers that have high value. It was felt that shareholders would experience increased value through this transaction by being part of a new company that could attract new shareholder base, having the ability to better raise capital and allow the company to focus on the e-waste industry. The spin-out was focused on the e-waste industry, but the parent company was to continue its focus within the traditional mining sector. However, once the parent company began contributing initial technical support to the spinoff, its pursuit within this market, the significance of the X-Mill fine grinding technology became apparent by significantly enhancing the economics of the process. So let me pause there and just tell anybody that's a member of the Morgan Report, that's the reason we're holding both the spin-out and the parent company in the portfolio. Once the benefits of the X-Mill were validated, a strategic global partner felt it necessary for the inclusion of the X-Mill altogether with our original engineering and fabrication expertise. In other words, the parent company has some expertise that this global partner who is significant, Fortune 500 and a conglomerate, wants to participate in. This led to the formation of a joint venture between the parent company and the spinoff for an ongoing e-waste opportunity. So I'll leave it at that for uh, on the mining sector. As far as where I'm going over the next uh, few months, let me just bring that up and verbalize it. So next week early, I'll be leaving for New Orleans and I'll be at the 43rd annual New Orleans Gold Conference. I will be a keynote. You can check the uh, website neworleansconference.com for all the speakers that will be there. If you do come, certainly drop by. I will not have a booth, but I'll be wandering the halls and I'll obviously be on stage and on panels and discussion groups and I'll have a table after my keynote to meet and greet. So if you've got a book, any of them, the first one I wrote, The Silver Manifesto or Second Chance, just if you want to, just bring them along and I'll be happy to sign them for you. Uh, If I have time to sit down and chat for a while, I will. There is specific times that I'll do that specifically after my keynote. I think we've allowed oh, I don't know what it is, 20 minutes or so, but usually I'll just go on as long as someone is interested in uh, asking me questions or having a dialogue And after I return from the New Orleans show, which, by the way, I didn't give the dates, but it'll be the 24th, 25th, 26th of October, I will catch my breath, catch an airplane and go down to Melbourne, Australia for the Precious Metals Investment Symposium. This uh, is the eighth annual. I'll be keynote there as well. I will be there actually early. I'll be there on the 6th. I'll be speaking on the 9th and the 10th. 
Again, um, if you're so inclined, come by and and speak with me. Uh, there'll be quite an interesting uh, discussion among uh, Eric Sprott, myself, and others. And uh, a lot will be surrounding the cryptocurrency uh, situation as well as the mining sector. So, of course, you're welcome to that. Obviously, not too many are going to be flying to Australia, but I do have a following in Australia, and I just want to make everyone aware of that. And lastly, the Silver and Gold Summit that has been taking place annually for a very long time will be hosted in San Francisco again. Uh, I will be there. I will have a table. Uh, Certainly, again, come by if you're so inclined. Bring a book or books if you have them both. And I'll be happy to sign them for you. And obviously, I have time. We can certainly carry on a dialogue. It is... uh, here on the on this description on this video and it's November 20th and 21st again at the Hilton Union Square in San Francisco, California. And finally, a bit of an advertisement. This is something that uh, we have done a few times in the past. It is using gold and silver for cash flow and many of question, you know, is this legit? The answer is absolutely 100% yes. This is something that the bankers do constantly using Delta hedging or getting the spread or, or eating the cantango. There's lots of ways to frame it. Basically, they just make a small percentage, like 1% every month to 2%, which is, you know, between 12 and 24% a year just by what they do in the futures market. You can do the same thing. In fact, I built a small ad that talked about beat the bank and it goes through this. This is a free webinar and it's for all serious investors. And I suggest whether you are interested in using derivatives or not, that you at least attend it so that you can get a better feel for what's really going on in the derivatives markets and how you can basically play, play their game against them and profit. Who isn't it for? It's not for someone that's a stacker only, believes in absolutely nothing but physical metal. And there are those out there. Don't waste your time. For those that have a net worth probably less than, oh, I'd say 50000 or less, uh, really it's not. I mean, this does take some some capital to get involved. And I think the uh, idea is you pay a fee to learn the process. The webinar is free, but the if you decide to come on board, there is a fee involved. And I think you pay one third of it. And if you've made $100,000 using this this methodology, then you pay the last two thirds, something like that. The details are given. And lastly, if you don't want, again, anything in the paper market, certainly you can just save your time. But as far as, you know, I wouldn't put my name on it. We vetted it. In fact, I'm involved at the uh, higher end. They have about a three tier structure and I'm at the top tier. I actually meet on the web with the uh, top your group and go through some specifics on my work with them. So, and I've been to London and, and met and greeted several that are here. All the feedback I've gotten from anybody that has joined this program has all been positive. So I just want everyone to understand that, uh, you know, I'm not putting this out there because it sounds good. I'm putting it out there because it is good. And that will conclude the weekly perspective for this week. Next week, it may be a little delayed due to the fact that I'll be returning from the Gold Show in New Orleans, but I'll report not only on the financial news, but I'll probably make some commentary about the New Orleans Gold Show. This is The Morgan Report with David Morgan. For the latest in precious metals investing, gold, silver, the economy, and more, go to themorganreport.com. 